0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash
1: weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
2: Hello. You are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings. Of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom, and I'll be here each and every Monday for this the flagship show with ITFC aficionado David Diamond for sometimes irreverent but always informative hour of football conversation. So make your Monday a blue Monday. Okay, so there's a big elephant in the room. Dave is not here. This is not a rib. Or a joke on Dave. He's not going to appear in 20 seconds. Dave is in hospital. He went on a bike ride with his mate Chris to Felixstowe in the high winds. He came off. Fortunately, he was wearing his helmet. Um, so although his head hit the floor, the rest of his weight went on his left elbow, which he has totally shattered. Um He has had a CAT scan and an X-ray. And I believe tomorrow, so I'm recording this on Sunday, uh, tomorrow, as in Monday, he's having an operation. He's having a pin and a plate put into his arm. And um, he's obviously in no fit state to A, go to a football match or B, do a podcast. So we wish our wonderful... um, well, my wonderful uh colleague and co-host Dave, all the best. Um I'm sure he'll be back. His mouth's still gonna work. Um we have pre recorded this week in ITFC history, so you'll definitely you'll definitely hear from him on Wednesday um if you listen to that pod. But I'm sure he would greatly appreciate. Well he's on morphine and gas and um all that jazz. A tweet if you tweet him at David Timer Three, just to say Get well soon. Um, I'm sure he would greatly appreciate that. Um, I know he was watching uh, on his iPad on his SkyGo today. Um, So, yeah, send Dave a tweet to wish him well. He's probably quite pleased he's not doing this podcast because, frankly, it was a very deflating day. Um, I did speak to Statman. It is his father's birthday, so he's not around. And Graham Blackburn is drunk. So um, I'm going to do my best. It's just me today. Uh, bear with us. We'll be back to normal um, next week. So you're going to get a bit of a monologue. Um, the first thing Dave said is um, who's going to interrupt me if he's not around. So maybe it'll be a slower pace, but give it a chance. I'm going to go through all the normal all the normal um, hubbub and we'll see where we get to. So today was the day. The big derby game um, down at Portman Road. Midday kickoff. Normally we get a day to kind of process stuff, but obviously we're recording on the same day today. So it was the big local derby, and you can probably tell from the tone of my voice and my slightly hoarse tones, it didn't go so well. Um, So we suspected that Mick would change the team from the Sheffield United game. Uh, there's been a lot of accusations of him matching up. Uh, he did the same again today. We expected Norwich. Um, if you listen to the preview show with Jack from Talk Norwich City on Friday, which a lot of you did actually, got fabulous um, ratings. So thank you to Jack and thank you all for listening. Um, we knew Norwich were going to play a four-two-three-one. So Mick did match up. Um goal standard. Um, Spence came in. At right back, so the first big change from Sheffield United last week—a back three or back five, however you look at it—to a back four again. Spence, I thought he was unlucky to have been dropped last week. Um, I was kind of—I'm in an iron about this as to whether I thought he would go for Spence or Iorfa in this position. Um, you could have seen it either way. I think, given the type of game it was, Spence gives you just a little bit more stability and is maybe slightly less erratic, but doesn't maybe quite have as much kind of attacking potential as I offer. So Mick would always kind of go for that player, but I could have seen it going the other way and that, well, he's dropped Spence and he's always kind of loyal and doesn't like to drop two different guys two weeks running, but he did. So I offer went out and Spence came in Uh. Kenlock out as well. Um, we expected that he didn't play great at Sheffield United last week. So Nudson over to left back. Webster and Chambers um, Central Defence Partnership. And I've just made a note that I don't see this changing for a while now. I think maybe the next 10 games those two are going to play with Smith uh, coming in on the bench as kind of first reserve. Um, could be wrong, but... Um, well, send us a tweet. Let me know what you think, but... I think that's now the central defensive partnership, and Webster made a point today of using his left foot a lot, as if he knows he's going to be playing in that left-sided. Nice to see a genuinely two-footed centre half as well. Um, Tom Adeyemi Amy was back, so he and Skews partnered up in the deep central midfield positions, similar to our uh, last win um against Sunderland. Nice to see Addy Amy back for his running power. Um Mick loves Nydam. I say it every every podcast now Mick loves Nydam, So Niden was in um in the kind of if we're calling it a 4231 which I will comment on once the game starts. Um then Niden was the central of those three with uh McGoldrick to his left and Waghorn to his right. Um, so very similar to Sunderland other than Nidum over Selena. More importantly though, Nidem over Ward is quite a big deal, I think. So, um, in all the doom and gloom today, we should be really pleased that Nidum is what, seventeen, eighteen? I don't know his actual age, but um he's played a lot of football at a very high um standard this season and that's um that's great. That's really encouraging and he seems to be Improving the more he plays. Um, and up front we prayed for it. Joe Garner was back. We missed him at um, Sheffield last week. Uh, Norwich, um, a gun in goal in a local derby. Well, wow, uh, Pinto closer Zimmerman steep in the back four. Tribal and Reed in fatete in the midfield. Uh, Wilshut, he who gave Chambers the horrible game at Wigan last year. Madison favoured in the number 10 position over Houlahan. Um Interesting now that Madison is entrusted in that Houlihan position that it seems whoever they had managing him for the last 10 years, it would always end up being Houlihan. And I've ne- never really seen him play so far back um, Houlihan. So maybe they're finally moving on from him. And Jerome up front, our friend Oliveira on the bench. So the two teams matched up, as you'd expect Kind of bit of a um, bit of a tense, nervy start. Um, Waghorn got in in that inside right position. Shoots to guns near post. Easy save. And then on four minutes, kind of a really big moment straight away into the game. Um, Pinto overplaying it terribly he actually tries to do a Cruyff turn on the edge of his own box. Knudsen takes it off him. Um, I think we're all expecting some kind of cross, but he... Larrups a shot in um past gun and it smashes the inside of the post. So unlucky. I think we could have got complete chaos if that had have gone in. Certainly wouldn't have been the only goal of the game I wouldn't have thought. So close, so unlucky. Just he seems to just attract um headlines on Derby Day and he was very close there, so unlucky really. Um corner for Ipswich on ten uh, Bounces about, falls to Waghorn. Um, he had a much harder one at Sheffield last week, a half volley. Similar technique, and he really worked Blackman well in that instance. In this instance, though, um, not quite such a good um, effort. Went out for a throw. Um, so from 10 minutes, now Norwich start to come into it, especially down the left-hand side. Viltshire um, comes right inside and leaves Steeperman out in acres of space, comes in, um, crap finish, but a bit of a warning there, um, for Spence and certainly for Waghorn covering down that side, uh, Vilchit now, great chance, he works it really well, I thought he played well in the first half, Vilchit, um, gets it out of his feet and Chambers kind of throws himself across and blocks it out, uh, Goldwood shot, although you would always back Bart, um, McGoldrick smashes a a long ranger over, kind of. He started to get into the game at this point now. Uh, Madison has a good low drive, not far wide, but Bart didn't look troubled. And I make Norris' best chance of the first half, uh, a Viltcher effort on 20. Um, He kind of gets into the box and he tries to use the players as a screen and curl it into the far corner. And Bart was really kind of sprawling across the goal and, didn't hold on to it. So um, unlucky there on 23. Madison with a curl around the post, not quite as close as Wiltshire's. And I've written in my notes, Spence struggling a little here. Um, he didn't. It wasn't that he was being kind of overawed. He just didn't look. He just didn't look at it today at all, which is a real shame because I was so high on him and so disappointed for him last week. Um, and it strikes me that he played all that football at center back and he can't kind of get to grips with right back again now which is slightly odd but um, you know might be might be a sensible argument for that. Uh, corner for Ipswich now Garner gets up and heads wide and then Spence takes a yellow card on 30. So kind of a little bit worried at this point that Villchits playing well down that left-hand side and Spence isn't and he's on the yellow card. Um, didn't look didn't look good at that point. Uh, Mag- McGoldrick, wonderful, wonderful moment. Uh, Waghorn has got it uh, to the right-hand side. Lots of people in the box, and McGoldrick waits on the edge. Waghorn crosses it back to him. McGoldrick, you think, this is the guy, this is the one we want to um, be on the end of this chance. And, yeah, his volley's um, a little bit interesting. I think it ends up actually going out behind him, bless him. Um, Adeyemi gets right into the box and does gets a header and does that thing where tries to work the ball too much and in doing so completely takes the direction off it. Um, Now, this is the real chance because Knudsen's was kind of a half chance and a really good effort. But on 39, uh, Waghorn gets a free kick in a really dangerous position. Um, Now, we'll speak about Waghorn's final product in this game, but this free kick was a really great delivery. Um, He flings it into the middle, McGoldrick, gets into space, he's he's either inside the six-yard box or on the edge of it in the middle of the goal. Totally free-header, exactly the same position as Leeds, so we know we can do it, um, and he heads it over. It was a real, real good chance, and you're kind of thinking, uh, at this point. Um, so we go into half time. Really sort of tight, tense affair, as you would expect, in the local derby. Um, Vilchit looked like the danger for them. Other than that, Madison was neat and tidy. Hoolahan was not in the game. Um, Chance-wise, Norwich's best chance was a curler that did not um, hit the target. Ipswich hit the post and McGoldrick missed that three-header. So, even though I am massively biased, I would give Ipswich the first half by a short head... And that's cock, whatever you want to say. Um, let me know what you think on Twitter if you if you disagree. But I would just give them slightly, slightly the edge. Um, and with the intensity as well and with the crowd. Um, there's a lot of people around me saying, oh, things weren't falling for us. So there was a sense that Norwich was sort of defending quite well. And we saw in the second half um, how well organised they could be. Speaking of which... Let's go to the second half. So, um, just didn't really wake up for the first five minutes of the second half. Norwich get a super dangerous free kick, but nothing comes of it. Um, Spence goes down the right now. Get forward. Well, on this instance, um, manages to cut back a really good driven cross and McGoldrick with a dive in header this time, just wide a far harder chance than his, uh, free header. And he made more of a better fist. Um, Ipswich are starting to lose their shape just a little touch now with the attacks. Everything's getting a bit further apart. We spoke about the four, two, three, one as the formation, but in the first half that was a very tight um thing with Nidem not far forward of Skews and uh Adiemi and the two wide guys not far away from him with the defence kind of trying to squeeze up a bit. Um that all got a bit spread out in the second half, which played into Norwich's hands. They managed to start counter-attacking and leaving Jerome as the uh, last man. And um, even though he's not the player he once perhaps was, he was still a pretty good outlet for them um, when they played on the counter. Um, he got into the inside right position on 57. bit of a warning sign, this, um, and a weak right-footed shot kind of straight apart. Um And then on the 58th minute, and this is really kind of game over as well, because Norwich shut things down very effectively after this. Um, We get the goal. I would normally throw to Dave, but he's in a hospital bed somewhere, so I'm going to have to do it myself. Um, The ball gets to Houlihan in midfield, and we try and press him, and he does really well instead of kind of knocking it back to the back four or, and then them hitting it long or playing a quick short pass, kind of holds on to it, manages to turn. And I said in my YouTube video, he doesn't pick out a man, but he knows where the space is. Um, and he knows that the Ipswich players will congregate around him. And if he can just direct the ball carefully into the kind of, other channel on his other side, he's going to set off a counter-attack. So I thought it was really good play by Houlahan. Um He's punished us so many times. And um, I actually thought, oh, he's not having an effect. He's a, he's a spent force now. But no, he played a really important role in that goal. So he knocks it out wide. And I think Vildschitt kind of takes it on. And I thought they'd messed it up. I thought, right, Vildschitt, you go inside. And Stieperman... Um, needs to bomb up outside him and, you know, to receive the ball. But they kind of both run and end up together. Stieperman takes the ball off Vildshir, knocks it across, and in a tight, tight game, you need to be calm, you need to be relaxed, and you need composure. And the most composure we saw in terms of finishing all day, uh, Madison gets the ball on the edge of the box, Takes one touch, um, their centre-halves in the way of Bart. He opens his body up, curls it right-footed nicely into the corner. Good good pace, good direction on the shot. Barely, um, Bart barely moves because of the kind of accuracy and the power of the shot. He's just not going to save it. And I think that was the really telling thing that um, when... Waghorn and McGoldrick and our forward players Garner were in similar positions. They didn't show the same levels of composure. They didn't stop and relax. It was invariably, you know, blasted shots at the goal a lot of the time. And really, it, you can't say it was a half chance. It was a good chance, but we had equally as good chances as them and didn't take them. So Madison puts the goal in on fifty eight and it's just heartbreaking, isn't it, to, to see over and over again, you know, a full um away segment of you know, a couple of thousand yellow shirts and they always seem to come here and have a lovely old time in our in our stadium and it really you know, I'm not normally one to take football too seriously, but um really just leaves a funny feeling in your tummy to just see them you know, having such fun at our expense in our own in our own stadium. Um interesting that Madison who I thought was a good player chose to uh run with his finger to his lips around the Ipswich fans than run to his own fans, but hey, maybe that's just sour grapes on on my part. So that's on fifty eight. And then I really don't have that many notes for the rest of the game. Hanley comes in for Zimmerman who'd taken a bit of a knock. Amy, who Mick said was kind of puffing um because he'd been out the previous week, comes out and Downs come in. Uh, Chambers takes a yellow card on Madison and Downs on Trouble. The game now starts to stretch because Norwich just drop off and, you know, Ipswich really just struggle to, struggled to play through them at all. So on 76, Mick makes his move. Garner goes out, um, which was a shame. I'll say why in a minute. Um, Nidham also goes out. Nidham was really good. I thought he played really, really well. I really... Really enjoyed his performance. Um, Sears and Selina come in. So it's a 4-4-2 with Sears and McGoldrick up front. Selina plays left wing and Weghorn plays right wing with skews and downs in central midfield. So it's back to those first kind of six weeks of the season where you're playing this weird 4-4-2, slightly odd personnel. And either it totally didn't work or Norwich... um, Kind of saw it out well, but it it didn't really have any impact once Garner was gone. Um, I remember saying this against who's it was against Bristol City when McGoldrick went out. That it seems like you need both of those guys there for the ball to stick. A in the air with Garner and B on the ground with McGoldrick. If one or other isn't there, we just don't seem to manage to join up the um the segments of our team. Hulahun goes out on 77. Husband comes in. Waghorn does get a couple more chances. He has a scuffy shot straight at Gun on 82. Skews has a bit of a tame, skews-ish uh, shot. Vrancic comes in for Madison, like for like. And there is one close effort. Waghorn in stoppage time with a kind of clever, clever chip. Showed some composer just why the post looked like Gunn was was fairly fairly beaten by that one. So... Unlucky, but wasn't going to be our day then, was it? Uh, Fourth minute of stoppage time. Bart comes up for a corner and it's all a little bit desperation um, stuff. So Norwich take it 1-0. Very, very disappointing. Very deflating. I think uh, for the first time in a long time, we thought that the gap was closing and there might actually be some realistic chance of of winning they did a number on us they've done a number on a few teams in away games they um have won the last four away games um all by one goal and only conceded one goal during those four games so this is not a, a fluke exercise by them um my twitter's gone into meltdown i don't know i don't know why there's um i mean maybe just some emotions coming up there's a lot of sort of negativity. There's a lot of mick out in starting again. There's a lot of where are we going? Um this is just this is just one result in a tight game. Um now I know people are gonna throw up the uh seven defeats in nine. I think that includes the Crystal Palace one. So as a statistic that's fairly redundant, bearing in mind that none of the players who played in the other games played in that game. So but you can still call that six defeats in eight. Um, either way, the evidence isn't good with the actual results. Um, but the points on the board are still okay. Um, we'll come to that in the extrapolation. But it's 1.5 points per game. So it's not terrible. Um, there's a lot of... There are some worries. Um, I think it was a tight game. Similar one to last week. Um They took their chances and we didn't take ours. I would contend for those people blaming all of this on Mick that in the past two games, McGoldrick and Waghorn should have scored probably four goals between the two of them. Um, Waghorn was clear one-on-one against um, Sheffield United in the second half at 1-0. McGoldrick swiveled and put that one around the post um, in the first half at Sheffield United. Today, obviously, McGoldrick... Missing the free header, um, Waghorn did have some other opportunities, but um, our finishing it was so amazing in the first month. Just in the last two games, we haven't we haven't scored, um, and we have missed chances. So, you know, you can actually directly look at our forwards and say and point out the chances that they've missed. Um, obviously, big Waghorn fan, big Magoldic fan, and they both have. Um, six goals this season. So it's not like they're having a bad time, but you could, you can directly point to those opportunities. Um, I've been finding it very funny, um, people talking about Mick's lack of a plan B, because um, there is actually no plan A at the moment. And I think that's the really, really... I think if you are going to have a moan, and we try not to do that too much, but if you are going to have a moan, there's a very sensible argument to say that we don't know what system we're playing and we don't know what personnel Um, there have been players that have played all season that whatever system Mick is going to kind of settle with they are going to play, obviously Bart Chambers, looks like Webster is the second centre half Um, Skews, Garner McGoldrick. they look like absolute definites whatever's happening possibly you'd throw nudson into that um we've been talking about it being a squad game and you know that maybe you don't need a settled first 11 but i think you do need a settled system and the evidence would suggest
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. A participating restaurant's 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: That um, it's not been working. Switching around 4 4 we would lost six six games in eight. So... That doesn't work. And whatever you say about that um, first month and the five wins in a row, other than the Birmingham game and the first half of the Barnsley game, it was very four-four-two. So we did have a settled system. And I think most people would agree that if you do have a settled system and all the players uh, know what they're doing in it, you can rotate players in and out. And then when you need to change they're trained in other systems and that can kind of work. So um, I think the injury thing now is super close. I think Smith had a back spasm or something. Hughes is running. So those are the last two um, to come back now that Webster and Eddie are back in. Um, I think he's got a lot of players of similar ability. Davis brought this up and... I think that confuses matters a little bit because it gives him kind of too many options. Um I probably should stick my neck out and try and actually offer a system. So I'll I'll try and do that but I I could obviously be barking completely up the wrong tree. My contention with the squad we have is that it's weak down the sides of the pitch, okay? I think um We have four fullbacks, but two of them are lone players, Connolly and Or Actually, we have five if you include Connolly. Um, But in terms of wide midfielders, we only really have Selina and Ward. And in terms of wide forwards, we don't really have any. And the other contention, I agree with Mick Mills on this, is that the fullbacks we have aren't massively at home as wing backs. So this all kind of contradicts each system because whatever system he chooses you can find quite the weakness in it. For example, if he does play three, five, two, you can argue that your wing backs are very, very important and uh Spencer or Iorfer, um, Nudson or Kenlock aren't comfortable enough on the ball to be able to do that and you end up retreating and it becomes a Five three two, as opposed to a three five two, as I often get picked up on for whenever I say three five two. You can argue then that you need to play a back four, but then if you play four four two, there's only really Ward, who's a dedicated wide right man. Um, I suppose you've got Danny Rowe as well, but he seems low down the pecking order. Selena, a dedicated wide left man, and then no backup for that, and you end up with Nydam down the side or Sears down the side, Waghorn down the side, and it's. Uh, square pegs in triangular round holes or what have you. Um, you can argue for the four-two-three-one, but then you end up with McGoldrick pulling off to one side or Waghorn pulling off to one side. And are they comfortable in those positions? So it all adds up to um, either ruthlessness and some good players being left out for the betterment of the team. Or some square pegs in round, triangular, hexagonal, um, octagonal holes. Um, I would still argue, even though it hasn't seemed to work, that if you actually look at the squad, the strongest players in the squad are all central uh, players. If you look: Chambers, Webster, Smith, Skews, Hughes, Addy, Amy, McGoldrick, Garner, and Waghorn. They all are more at home playing. Down the middle of the pitch, um, which still leads me back to three-five-two because in a three-five-two, eight of your ten outfield players—three centre backs, two centre midfielders, one off the front, and two forwards—can all be central players, and you only need to accommodate the two. So, I would argue, looking at the squad as a whole, that. Um, three five two actually fits the squad as a whole. Now the other argument is does it fit our actual best players where three five two can you get Selina in there? Can you get all three of Waghorn, Garner and McGoldrick? You possibly can and I think you're still gambling on two of I offer Spence Nudson, Kenlock Connolly doing a good job at wing back and just keeping at it. Rather than okay, I'm going to put McGoldrick to one side, Wakem to one side. He's uncomfortable there. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. If you do go with the three-five-two, you say you have Barton goal, um, maybe Smith, Chambers, Webster back three, Nudson left wing back, I offer or Spence right wing back, Skews Hughes, Eddie, Amy, Ward for those three midfield positions, uh, or maybe for the attacking midfield position as well, McGoldrick, Salina, Garner, Wackon. The truth is, when all the players are fit, you're going to have to leave out at least two or three good players who have been playing first team, you know, for some part of the season. But I think I can ramble on about different systems and such the like, but Mick really needs to kind of just come up with something and just say, look, four four two, if it's four four two and one of Chambers, Webster and Smith is going to miss out at centre half, left back it's either Nudson or Kenlock, right back it's either Spence or Iortha. The problem is all the centre midfielders because if you play that system, you have got for two positions, Skews, Hughes Amy, Downs, Nidham, and then you're back with this, okay, well, we can fit Nidham in down the left-hand side or what have you, and then you're back with this, you know, square pegs in round holes. Also, with the 4-4-2, you can only fit in two out of Garner, Waghorn, McGoldrick, Sears. So that's how you end up with Sears left midfield and McGoldrick off to the right and what have you. Um I think it's slightly concerning, I must say, that it's 13 games and and we're not really any the wiser. Dave's always spoken about Mick happening upon systems. And God forbid somebody getting a bad injury and all of a sudden that making his mind up for him. So some would argue that the more options Mick has, the less decisive he'll actually be. And I think now's the time we need him to be decisive going into the Burton game. And actually settle upon a system. Anyhow, tweet me your thoughts at Blue Monday ITFC because um, I think that's the biggest problem. I think the Norwich game was tight. We lost by one to an early goal in the second half and missed chances. The Sheffield United game, I can say exactly the same thing. We lost by one to an early goal in the second half and missed chances. Bristol City. Yeah, I think they were a bit better than us. I think they deserved to win. That wasn't as tight. Still two deflected goals, but I think they deserved it. Leeds was tight. We played really well at Leeds. Um, I won't have anyone say otherwise there. So they haven't actually been that terrible. And I know a lot of people have jumped on this Mick quote today where he said, obviously, I'm unhappy with the result, but I'm quite happy with the performance. You can jump on that if you want. But don't be disingenuous. I know exactly what he means. He means that there were positives, particularly in the first half. We, if we played the first half like we played the second half, obviously we, you know, we probably would have won. Yeah. Um, so it's sustaining that for the for the whole game. But I think you know what he means with that. But really, it does bother me that you're at Sheffield one week, Spence is dropped, and you're playing three-five-two. The next week you're back at home. Totally different system. And maybe maybe they need to look at the Sunderland game because the Sunderland game was the one. I know Sunderland were crap, but that was the one where it all clicked together where you had Skews and Amy sat behind um, Selena McGoldrick, Waghorn and Garner. And, you know, they played some brilliant stuff at points there. So, and frankly, that's not a system thing. That's just getting all your best attacking players on on the pitch at one time and causing the other team trouble. Anyhow, it sucked to lose again to Norwich. We have been doing Opposition Player of the Week, so I suppose I'd better do that. We need to give a little honourable mention to Houlihan, who turns up every time and always seems to have some kind of Effect. It was interesting to see a gun in goal. It was interesting to see a little ginger-haired man in an orange shirt, although he didn't score an own goal in the last minute. At the end of the first half, I would have given it to Will Chut. Um, he was giving Spence a hard time and seemed the best attacking outlet. But I think, and don't accuse me of that. Oh, whoever scores the the winning goal gets man of the match. I think Madison did look classy. They've obviously put a lot of trust in him, putting him in that ten position, being a young. A young guy, Um, maybe Houlihan's helping him out and, you know, kind of training him in that or mentoring or whatever in that position. But I think in such a tight, tight game, that one moment where he was just calmer, better and, you know, technically superior to anyone else on the pitch... I think you'd give it to Madison just as the as the match winner for the opposition player of the week and certainly for Ipswich um it'd be it'd be Nidham, I think I don't think many people would would totally disagree with that but um anyway enough of Norwich if you want to see me getting abused on YouTube by Norwich fans then just YouTube Benjamin Bloom and I have put up my uh match report straight after the game which says very much what I have just said Okay, so we're gonna to go to a Daveless roundup now, but first I just want to spend a second to tell you about our Blue Monday t shirts. Um it's a way of supporting the podcast, which is obviously free every week. It's a little bit of fun and allows us to pay for microphones and leads and football tickets and all the lovely effort that we put in to try and do this. So it's a little bit of fun and you can get yourself a t shirt out of it. If you go to at Blue Monday ITFC on Twitter in the bio you'll see a link to um, the website where all the t shirts are, and there's lots of fun designs. So, if you have any ideas for other designs, please let us know. If you're not a Twitter person, then it's www.benjaminbloomproductions.com to find the t shirts. So, we're going to the roundup, and it was Wolves 3, Preston 2. So, Wolves are two points clear at the top now. They kind of hovered for a couple of weeks, but they're Comfortably two points per game now. Cavaliero Bonatini with two. So both he and Diego Jota have seven goals. So that's a good uh, front two partnership. Um, at 3-0, though, Preston managed to knock a couple of goals in Hugel and a cody own goal to get it back to 3-2. Um, and a lovely punch-up and a red card at the end. Always nice to see. I would suggest most people would agree that Preston have been the surprise package so far, they are coming to Monroe, right? I think it's Burton, then Cardiff, and then Preston. So we will be seeing them and their lovely manager Alex Neil very, very soon. Uh, Borough nil, Cardiff two, Cardiff also two points per game. Nicely stuck in there in second place. Classic Warnock going away to a team that people think better, pinching the away win with a late penalty. Um, and Borough down below Ipswich, despite spending 50 million in the summer. So it could be worse couldn't it uh Sheffield United 2 Reading 1 our conquerors from last week i seem to say that a lot don't i um uh, just a quick correction as well i think i said that john fleck was robert fleck's son last week but apparently he's his nephew so i got that wrong uh coots and sharp with the first half goals for sheffield united Berens getting one back for reading reading really still in that um failure to live up to their results last season and their playoff final defeat. Uh, Sheffield United are nicely placed there in third, uh, Reading down in 20th. Um, I think they'll probably be closer together as we get further into the season. Uh, Bristol City nil, leads three. Um, Leeds first win since beating us. I seem to say that a lot as well. Um, Saiz with some deflection karma here for Bristol City. Deflected opener and he gets the second as well. Lasoga heads in the third um I suppose it's nice to see Lee Johnson piped down but then you have 6 million Leeds fans all happy so I don't know, don't really know what's worse lesser of two evils um but yeah well done Leeds uh Villa 2 Fulham 1 classic John Terry header he scored tons of days hasn't he uh you're handsome with the free kick Adama with the winner in the second half um I I like the look of Villa just um going to truck away now I think for the next few months and if you look at that top 6 you don't see anyone more experienced than Bruce and with a better squad than than Villa Um, interestingly Fulham have no more points than Ipswich and less points per game because they've played one well more and when I saw Fulham in the back end of August I thought they were going to never lose again till the end of the season so interesting that these teams like Fulham Borough and Sheffield Wednesday who are now going to go on to are all um, not looking that great. Uh, Derby 2, Shepherd Wednesday, nil. Leuven's doing the whole obvious goal-scoring chance thing. Red card, penalty one nil. I thought they'd changed the rule on that, the double jeopardy thing, but apparently it's only for goalkeepers. So if you're a goalie, if you make a genuine challenge for the ball, you don't get red carded. But if you're a centre-half, you still get the same punishment. So... Uh, Vidra and Johnson got the second for Derby. Whatever Wednesday down in sixteen, so they're really behind where they would expect to be as well. Both teams really would expect to be challenging for top six, but then in half the division think they should be challenging for top six. So there you go. Forest two, Burton nil. So that's next week's opponents losing. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. No Murphy goal this week. Um, Mackay and Lehigh for Forest. Um. Barnsley, nil, Hull, one. They're quite inconsistent. Hull, it strikes me for Barnsley, if they don't score in their uh, very whirlwind first 15 minutes that they always play, they tend to lose. Uh, So, nil, one in this one. Hull getting the winner in the 78th minute. Campbell there. um, Millwall, two, Birmingham, nil. This was the late game on Saturday. So, Birmingham still recovering from the... Stench of Zola and Redknapp. Colin with the own goal. And Tunnycliffe, who we were possibly linked with. I think he'd gone down to Wigan and then was available. So, um, sorry if that's not the same Tunnycliffe. I'm pretty sure. Um, Bolton won. QPR one. Bolton are on promotion form here. They've got a win and a draw in their last two games. There you go. Nice to see that. Uh, glorious draw against QPR. Prattley with the opener. Silla with the goal. Strangely... Same as Leeds. <laughs> Rangers haven't won since beating Guess Who on September the ninth. And finally Brentford three, Sunderland three, so loads of goals at Brentford. Sunderland actually three one up by half time. Um grabbing with two, although the commentator on channel five seems to be calling them Graban. I don't know. Don't know what's to deal with that. Let's not get into that. Um but Brentford got it back for the draw in the second half. Brentford our top of the shots per game league, they have 18 shots per game, so we would expect three goals from them if they're playing well. Um, the extrapolation says three defeats in a row now, which leaves Ipswich in 11th position. 18 points from 12 games, which works out to very round 1.5 points per game which would give you 69 points from 46 games, which is exactly what we scored in 2015-16 when we finished 7th. Now, given the way we felt at the start of the season, 69 points would have probably have done most of us with a view to building for the next season. So this is not terrible. I know there's Cardiff away coming up as well, but um, it's not a terrible total so far. you can say that um, the first four games massages it, which it, which it does. But you know, it is what it is. Um, Skews and Bart are still our every minute men. Uh, Knudsen and Spence are closest behind. Uh, goals and assists haven't changed for the past two games, so Waghorn has six league goals. McGoldrick four and Garner four. Although McGoldrick did stick two in against Luton, so we're going to give him. Six in all competitions. And on the assists, Ward and Knudsen on four. McGoldrick on three. Wakehorn and Garner on two. Um, Statman, as I said, is not around for a start of the week this week. It's his father's birthday. So happy Daddy Statman birthday. I got that wrong way around. Happy birthday, Daddy Statman. He will also be back on Wednesday with Dave for this week in ITFC History, So we can move straight on to the NASDAQ, as you know, James Dack. Follow him on Twitter, JamesDack underscore 99. Um, we, he was bragging about his betting antics last season, so we challenged him. He has two bets per week, each for the amount of £5. One on Ipswich and one on the championship. He had a bit of a barren spell, but in recent weeks, he's been doing a lot better He came up with his Ipswich bet this week. You can imagine he's not going to win this one. Uh, Ipswich to win either half. So a nil-nil and a nil-one. That one is a loser. But his other championship bet was a very good one. He had a Derby and Villa double. So Derby beat Sheffield Wednesday. Villa beat Fulham. So the Nasdaq is nicely up a good return on that double. So follow James on Twitter. I'm sure he'll give you some... um, give you some love if you do and you can follow his bets if you're feeling brave. The idea is we're going to see if we can get to the end of the season in profit and then we're going to spunk it all on the last game and see if we can do some kind of Twitter poll um, and win some money or we'll give it to charity or some shit. I don't know. I'll we'll give it to Dave to pay for his new arm. Um, preview time. So it's Burton next week. I'm still still up in the air. I don't know whether to go to Burton because I kind of, it's going to sound snobbish now, I kind of, Begrudge paying the petrol money and then standing behind the goal and not seeing anything on the, on the terrace there. I went last year and sat in the seats, but they're all sold out. So don't know whether I'll be in Burton. If anyone's got a seat, they want to sell me. Um, then yeah, give a shout on Twitter at Benjamin Bloom. Um, Burton are in 22nd. They have only two wins from 13 this season. They're very good at kind of pulling out a nice big home win, particularly in evening games, just to get those points on the board. I think Clough is, like Mick, a quite good in-game manager and gets the best out of the resources he's got. I'm not comparing both statements there before you shoot me down on that. Um, I don't think they're as strong as they were last season. Our podcast favourite, Jackson Irvine is no longer there and a lot of their play when I saw them at the back end of last season went through Kitely as well who I believe is also no longer there correct me if I'm wrong on that one so big game Um, good chance you're playing against a team you're away from maybe away from the pressure of a of a home game where you know there's a little bit more pressure on you with all those um, All those eyes watching you. Um, It would just be lovely to see him say, right, we're playing against a team who's supposedly inferior to us. This is our system. We are going to take the game to you, get a result with that system and kind of stick to it. I don't know what it is. As I say, squad-wise, playing the percentages, 3-5-2 seems to fit better doesn't necessarily fit our best players and our best performance was 4-2-3-1 against Sunderland which did fit our best players but still required a couple of them to play slightly out of position so that's my wish for the Burton game to nail a system and kind of stick to it um let me know what you think what system we should play against um Burton uh, you can do that on twitter at blue monday ITFC. Um, I am on Twitter at Benjamin Bloom. Uh, the podcast is also on Facebook.com uh, slash Blue Monday ITFC if you want to pick everything up there. Um, my Bluetooth videos, uh, reviews of games, go straight up after each game, maybe like an hour after the game. So uh, do me a solid and subscribe. Uh, just type Benjamin Bloom into Twi- uh, YouTube and you'll see them. I've already plugged the t shirts. So. Um, thank you if you've got this far. It's a bit of a struggle doing a talking head on your own. I hope you've enjoyed it. I tried my best. Um, wish Dave um, a healthy recovery and hope his operation goes well. You can do that at DavidDiamond3 on Twitter. Um, it's not the end of the world today. It's crap. Um, it makes me think that our only chance is they don't go up. The parachute payments are gone. They sell some of their best players and the gap gets smaller. It's not the end of the world. it's been tight If in another five ten games it's been another seven or eight defeats, then maybe I'll change my tune, but I've still seen enough at Leeds and today maybe um to say that there's something something there, but he's got to he's got to find that system and he can talk in his press conferences, make about how experienced he is and how long he's been around. So, if that's the case, he needs to find this system and kind of, kind of stick to it. So, um, we'll be back on Wednesday uh, this week in ICFC history. Statman Dave. Um, if anyone knows any certain bloggers or uh, YouTubers, let me know. We're looking for a preview there or Cardiff, because that's coming up soon. Straight away, in the show, on Twitter with that. Um, thank everybody for listening and we will see you very soon. It's the promotion
1: running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.